Welcome to Piecing It All Together. I'm Randy Woodley. I'm Bo Sanders. We're piecing it all together with you. Today is an epic crossing over of a threshold or a watershed, if you want to call it, the closing of a chapter. It's your sort of last day in the classroom. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought you were going to say it's our 41st episode or something. <laughs> That's true. Two, all right, so two watersheds. <laughs> okay. So 12 years of teaching in this format... Uh, indoors with uh, lights and a projector and <laughs> students paying tuition. Yeah, but uh, it's a definite format of teaching. And so I wanted to sort of debrief with you and talk about your teaching style and what you've learned uh, during this season and sort of your approach to education. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm into that. that was, I I I think I know how to talk about what I do. Yes. We'll see if I can find the right category. You're a good talker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a talk gooder. So before we get to that, we want to say thank you to all of you who have been listening in, sharing, giving us feedback on the podcast. We're looking forward to our May 4th, that's a Saturday morning, our online Zoom chat with our Patreon supporters. And we want to thank those who support us financially to keep this thing going. So we just wanted to say thank you and to let you know you can connect with us in a bunch of ways through the Facebook page, through Twitter, uh, email us at connect at piecingitalltogether.com and we just love the feedback that we do get and we take it seriously and uh, we talk about it and it gives shape to the show and the, and the direction that we take it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Randy, sort of a bittersweet day. You and I met on your first day at Absolutely. this institution. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And Here now, we are together on my I lap. know. Openings and closings. So I am really excited to, to uh, do this with you and to hopefully um, get a chance to flush out because you have a really unique approach to education. It's different. Um, the approach that you bring, uh, a fancy word would be pedagogy. That's like an, an approach to education. But, um, yeah, talk to us about your the, sort of the unique, unique approach to this. Okay, well, let's talk about that word first. Yeah, okay. Um, so so uh, the I think it's Latin or Greek, the ped, ped right? Yeah. That's child. Ah. Uh, so, so I don't like that word, even though I know that's the popular word. Pedagogy means like to, 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 like to teach a child, right? Ah. Um, so like an like a older person teaching a younger person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like to use the term anthropology. Really? So, yeah, because it, and I thought I created it, but then I looked it up and found out I didn't. So. <laughs> All my best ideas are on Wikipedia. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, uh, but just that, that it's uh, a peer-to-peer. So so I call, I don't talk to about students as students. I talk to them as co-learners or collaborative learners. Mm-hmm. And so we learn from one another. Yeah, I have a certain responsibility um, and a certain expertise in, uh, to bring things out, but also it really doesn't mean a lot yeah. unless they are able to attach their experiences and their questions to that and ask really honest questions. So, yeah. so that to me is more of an anthro- anthropological yeah. uh, approach. Um, these are big fancy words yeah. for just like how we teach, right? Yeah, you're an interesting mix in that you use big words for some pretty straightforward or really, um, I would call them human level 
ideas and approaches. And so you walk a sort of a delicate line between justifying yourself to the academy, the educational system, and saying, I know what I'm doing. you got to trust me. This is an actual valid approach. When here's the big words that prove it. Mm. And, then, <laughs> and then what you actually do with your students, which is actually sort of deconstruct the whole thing or decenter the whole thing and say, what you bring to the room it is the education. And so we're going to learn together. I'm going to facilitate that. You know, I'm in a position where I'm, I'm, I've set it up that, you know, what you bring matters. And so it's interesting is that when I hear you talk about, you know, approach to education, obviously you have these lofty theories, but then when I actually sit in the classroom with you, it's the most, what do you want to call it, democratized or leveled, um, you yeah. know. So, I, yeah, I could talk about, you know, um, uh, Schleiermarker's fourfold reality and uh, him <laughs> dividing the history and theology into uh, separate uh, objective uh, areas of uh, of uh, uh, reality, um, and then how uh, Edwin Farley uh, took those and said, you know, kind of critiqued those and said, you know, yeah, we we divide between what we call the uh, the theoretical and the practical, and the practical always is sort of seen as you know um, uh, less than the theoretical, and this is just all a part of the enlightenment, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that whole history. Yep. Yeah, I can talk good about it, yeah. you know, yeah. but um, that's not really important. What's important is that we empower uh, those who um, are wanting to learn uh, with the way that we do things. And for me, um, what we call this, we'll just say pedagogy for now, mm-hmm. but that is every bit as important, if not more important, than the content. So the West um, um, markets content. That's It's all about knowledge. It's all about passing on knowledge, and, and that makes you an expert, even if you've never actually even done the thing that you are True. knowledgeable about. And Those you can't do teach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... And that's a lousy model. That's a really poor model. Um, and so uh, I was fortunate in that before I became a full-time professor, uh, I'd been doing a lot of the things that I had. I would be later teaching mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, what's wonderful is if you can do them and teach them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a uh, co-learner, if you can do what you're learning at the same time, I think mm-hmm. that's absolutely the best but we sort of um, have to settle for, um, you know, different variants of that, whatever our lifestyle will allow. Um, but apprenticeship is really sort mm. of the best way to do things, I think. Yeah. Um, so, the, and, and just the structure, I did this study a long time ago on uh, structure and value in the Native North American traditions compared to church. And, um, and Well, that's quite a contrast. Oh, I mean, it really is. It was like so... <laughs> So you don't face, you know, one another yeah. in a church. It, it, the power is obviously from that person up there. So there's the spirituality is is put on that person to be the most uh, um, close to God and mm-hmm. tell you the right things. And and uh, you look, everybody else is not important because you're looking at the back of their heads. And, you know, you're sitting in oftentimes pews, not always, but oftentimes pews. And, 
and that lends itself to a very, you know, sort of um, industrialized, uh, efficient model that modern uh, Americans have come up with for everything. Um, and yeah, it's just de- it's a very dehumanizing pedagogy or way of teaching, if you will. And I think it's sh- a learning experience should be rehumanizing, not dehumanizing. Okay. And so. Um, it's not about how much content I can get in you. Yeah. It's about how much of our experiences can we share about that content together mm-hmm. that matters. And, of course, the, the classic book for this was um, Paulo Freire's Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And, and this is how colonialism continues. Mm-hmm. It continue, And you can also say this is how um, uh, patriarchy continues. And a lot of things sure. continue. Yeah. By just saying, um, uh, um, uh, Freire said it was the um, banking deposit system of learning, where uh, the teacher opens up your, you open up your brain, the teacher deposits into it, um, you close your brain up, now you recite back what you learned, and if you learned what the teacher told you, and and you can recite it well, and then go on and do the same thing again, then you're a knowledgeable person. Which is complete horseshit, right? That's yeah. like, like that's not a uh, yeah. a way to 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 learn about life, and and so it creates a sense of we're learning something not for life, and so now we're creating a whole alter reality yeah. that doesn't even apply to what we do and who we are as people. So I, this is exactly why I wanted to talk to you about this because, uh, you know. The Paulo Freire's uh, approach gets called critical approach, right? And so that critical approach uh, that he critiques of the banking model where the students are basically sitting there like empty vessels and then there's this great uh, diagram of like peeling back the tops of their mm-hmm. skulls and with like a little hinge on the back of their head and these empty cavities... And then new knowledge is poured in, and then it's closed up, right? And so you're right. If somebody just can regurgitate or parrot what they've heard, that doesn't mean they know how to think right. or problem solve. Or, or, or bring their own reality to it, right? Well, their own experiences. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right? Which is, is, that's the whole point. I, I came to learn a long time ago that if most students, if, they don't, if they're not able to have the opportunity to think through and voice and sort of think out loud about their own experiences mm-hmm. with the content and integrate it with the content, then this is not something that they're going to take very long out of the classroom. Mm. Right. For uh, most students, like oh, literally a year after they pass an exam on something, they couldn't pass that same exam. Absolutely. I mean, then it doesn't stick with them. It's just they've learned a bunch of data or trivia almost and you know, it's, it basically remains trivia. Yeah. So I tell tell uh, my co-learners that we uh, that my concern is a longer term trajectory. Mm-hmm. That I'm all about them learning on a trajectory that takes them farther into the future than just graduation. Mm-hmm. Now, here's something I've asked you about before, but uh, not on record. So this is just a conversation that you and I had off the record. But I think people might find this really interesting. The one problem I have had with uh, your sort of democratized approach, you know, the, the, the co-learner, the, the cooperative approach, is that there are some things you know that we don't, whether we're younger or we've just been 
um, protected from that because we live like in a bubble, right, of what do you call it, privilege or subcultures or whatever you want to call it. Um, so when I was in your Native American history, and it used to be called Mission, but I think they've changed that title now. You know, there were a, a whole bunch of things, for instance, the first 500 years of colonialism that you knew and I didn't. And so the first six weeks of class, you know, you facilitate the conversation because you are an expert and I am not an expert. So, like, I didn't bring anything to that class initially other than some experiences I had had when we first moved to Saskatchewan and I encountered uh, modern native communities because the only experience I've had before that was going to Cherokee, North Carolina and this tourist trap, right? Mm -hmm. So... Other than that, I didn't bring anything to the table, but I noticed that in week six, seven, eight, you started to transition where now that we had read up on some Native American history, we had engaged um, modern you know, thoughts and concepts and uh, realities, all of a sudden you started opening it up more to discussion. And then week seven, eight, nine were presentations by the students where you would actually sit down in the room and listen to the presentation and ask questions. And so you really turned upside down the semester, but also the physical classroom. So how do you uh, balance situations where you are, I mean, you are the expert and <coughs> a student who's being initiated into the subject, you know, doesn't br maybe bring that much yeah. to the table? Well, first of all, I appreciate your model, uh, the, uh, classifying the way I do things as a particular model, because um, this is the first time I've thought of it in that way, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I know it makes sense. Uh, so I just do what seems natural. I have copied it. But I appreciate that. Uh, so that's the way we've always done things. Everybody always tells us, you know, after we've done things a while, and, hey, yeah. you guys should, you know, write your model up. And we're like, Edith and I are like, well, we have a model? What was, we, I didn't know we had a model. We just kind of do stuff, right? But, um, yeah, so there's a, uh, a sense that you, okay, so, let, let, okay, true. I've got experience, okay, and, and maybe other people in the class don't, but everybody's got experience in something. So we relate it to, to what we, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be that specific thing, right? Um, but maybe there's something like what we're talking about that you have experience with that, mm -hmm. that we could import in and talk about and we can learn something together about it. So, so but, but then even if you can't think of something, can you think of a great question, that, an honest, what I call a critically, critically creative question? An honest, creative, um, uh, you know, not rhetorical, not yes or no, but, but question that we can talk about. And so I, that's one of the main things I have uh, our co-learners do is to, to ask really good questions, ask really honest questions. And so that vulnerability is also a learning experience, too, as we do that. But, but if you think about, though, if, if I just... Told, okay, there's a there's a problem auto, automatically, and and it is like your famous phrase, Bo, is it's baked in the bread, right? Yeah. So yeah. in whiteness <laughs> and in white supremacy and in white privilege and in white normalcy, and I guess I'll emphasize that one because that's the one that most everybody can relate to and say, okay, I'm a part of that, right? Mm -hmm. So white normalcy, 
Um, it is normal to not think of Native Americans as real people. It's been, there have been campaigns, propaganda campaigns ever since the formation of this country. There have been laws uh, restricting us from humanity, our religion, our thoughts, our, you know, our civilizations. Uh, our things have not been important. They've been run over and destroyed and, you know, um, et cetera, ceremonies, religions, dances. Um, and, and there's all this alternative history, right? And so in this course, one of the things we do is we talk about First, we talk about the great things that Native Americans have done, and everybody goes, oh, what? I didn't know. Why didn't I learn this? You know, and, it, and you didn't learn it because you're not supposed to learn it, right? Because if you learn that stuff as an alternative, then we might end up being as human as white folks, right? So if and people... not wouldn't need what we need you to need. <laughs> right, 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 so yeah, that we can provide yeah. it. So... If I started with all that stuff and just said, oh, here's all bad things white people have done to natives, mm -hmm. right? Then people would go out and they'd be crusaders. Like, here's all the bad things that, 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 that you know, we've done to Native Americans. And, and they would not understand still, and the people they're talking to wouldn't still understand that those things were done to human beings. And so what I have to first do is convince people that Native Americans are human. Now, every good-hearted person that's sitting in, in that room or in a, a, a workshop or whatever, they, they feel they believe that Natives are human. Mm -hmm. They feel they believe black folks are human, you know, et cetera. But, and they want to believe it. But everything that they've learned in a white normal society has told them that we're not. And so the first thing that I have to do is establish our humanity mm. before we can go on. So part of that earliness is to establish the fact that we're human beings. Mm. Um, because uh, otherwise we just got a lot of people going around telling them it's like wheel spinning. I think that rehumanizing is important, not just when we're talking about like uh, Native folks or black folks or anything like that, but it's important when we're talking about anyone. Otherwise we're just passing on knowledge. We tend to, to uh, create this alternative world of knowledge where we talk about people in as more of things uh, they're 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 the uh the object right of of our yeah. conversations and we have to bring it back to remember that these are people and experiences and it's real life and it's a that's a real era in history or it's a real time and story that happened and sometimes personal stories do that as well um but we've got to constantly uh, humanize our our teaching hmm. and our learning so that it, it remember that we're dealing with human beings yeah. so yeah that, man that's really interesting and, and I mean it really is that is such a different approach you know because so much of um, my teaching style if, if I mean honestly if I hadn't learned from you would be theoretical I mean it would just be talking about famous people and their thoughts and it would be conceptual and, you know, like, if, unless you encounter something like this or during my, uh, my doctoral work, I, I encountered Carl Banks. He has this great uh, approach uh, about democratized learning and I just love it. But, you know, if you, if you haven't encountered something like that um, or in ethics, there's this guy named Heim who talks about spectrum learning, like just presenting the different perspectives. But, like, if you don't encounter something like that, then you teach the way you were taught. 
which is that the teacher does all the talking. And so, uh, but here's my favorite thing about what you and Edith do. So at the seminary, you know, the students are generally in a smaller uh, age range. Mm -hmm. And they're paying to come here. And the institution is watching over you Mm -hmm. because you have to cover certain things. But when you're not at school, that's my favorite. Because you, well, yeah, <laughs> because you usually have a wider age range. Mm-hmm. People aren't paying; they, they've come right as they've given up their evening to be there, yeah. or maybe they've paid like yeah, they usually given honorary, yeah, something, yeah. yeah. And uh, there's no institution watching over you. And I love it when you do this thing. And by love it, I mean. I hate it because it makes me so nervous every time, (laughs) is you'll genuinely start what's supposed to be like a presentation by saying, hey, I'm I'm so glad you all are here. What questions did you come in with tonight? I'm really interested. And every time my my white guy comes out and I think to myself, no, I don't want to know what dumb questions these dummies came in with. No, really? I, yeah, yeah, that's like my natural thing. I, you know stuff, and you should say stuff. Like that's my first gut reaction, uh-huh. and then I'm like, no, hold on. Everyone brings something to the table. We're going to be co-learners. Like I have to actually talk myself through it because when you start with saying, "So nice to be here. Thank you all for coming out. What questions did you come in with tonight?" And I'm like, why don't you say some things first? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do that mainly because I I know the kind of stuff that I know. And mm. I don't need to hear myself say it just to, because I think it's good stuff. If I'm not addressing the needs and the questions that people have, they might as well just watch me on videotape or, mm. you know, heard, you know, some somewhere yeah. else. But it, it's... It's all about making that connection, right? Yeah. If we are sitting there and we're treating each other with the same kind of humanity as real Mm -hmm. co-learners, then I need um, to know what they are wondering about so that the things that I know can be connected to that. Wow. It's, I mean, all I'm trying to say is it's unique and it's, I just fruitful. do what we. Yeah, I, it's we, fruitful. Yeah, I, 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 I've never really thought this through. Wow. I mean, I, I read yeah. um, some of Freire's book, not all of it. I read a yeah. little bit, yeah. and, uh, and I said, well, yeah, that's kind of makes sense. You know, I, I, that's kind of how I did things, and that's how our native stuff is mm-hmm. done anyway. Um, it's a very empowering. But um, but I didn't know that there was, like, whole theories about it. And, and then all of a sudden I found yeah. out there was. <laughs> it's like whatever we do, yeah. some white guy has come up with a theory about it, right? So. That's true. It's true. So two last things. I Which is a gift. It's a gift to be able to classify stuff. I think that's that's great. And then we can say, oh, hey, what about this? But. But then that requires that we know all the terms and that yeah. we know all the categories. Right? No, so. it, yeah, it can be. Um, it can be alienating if you're not familiar with it. Yeah, it can be exclusive. Two things I was hoping to just uh, acknowledge today. You put out a very nice post uh, this morning on Facebook thanking your students for the last 12 years. Uh, I know that wasn't just you being nice. That wasn't just a, 
a platitude that you genuinely, you talk to me about your former students. Mm -hmm. You're quite proud of the things they've gone on to do and the things that they've taught you. And a lot of them are my best friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's a genuine, a genuine appreciation you have for, for what they bring and the trust that they give you to share what, you know, their knowledge and their learning and their experience with you. Mm -hmm. So when I read that this morning, I was quite moved but isn't that the point? I mean, the the point of influence. I don't I don't do this just because I want to talk. I want to have influence, and I want to have influence in a big way. Um, I'm I'm you know I really don't want to be famous, but I want to have influence so that society can change for the better, for the common good, so that we can have a more you know a kind of robust harmony life ethic or shalom or however you want to put it. The way that the Creator put us on this world to live, and if I'm going to have influence, then I'm not going to be able to, um, you know, be have a bully pul- pulpit like a president or something like that. So the only way I can have influence is when I have that uh, time with these co-learners, and they it, take it, and then they generally make it way better, right? Mm. And they go out and do different things because they're different people. And then I can look at that and, and feel good that, hey, I, I left something behind, mm-hmm. you know. So. The last thing I wanted to talk about is episode 40, Edith and you talked about Resurrect Elahe and the Learning Center. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be appropriate uh, on this day to just talk about how you transition from being in the sort of the formal classroom to a, maybe a less formal model mm-hmm. in the, the learning center? How, how do you see that going? What's your hope for well, that? Well, we've never stopped doing that less formal model, but in the last three years, um, for some reason, people want more of that. Oh. You know? And so we've had a lot of people, groups, come by and just say, hey, can we spend a day with you, a day and a half? Can, you know? and, and they sit around our living room, and they sit around the fire, and we talk, and and they leave feeling like they've experienced something very different and very whole. Uh, Edith and I look at each other and go, we're just like being who we are. We don't know what mm. why people get so much out of this, but it it seems to work. And so, and, and that was also the model that we had at the original Ayla Hay in Kentucky. Yeah. So, um, so if we can get the Indigenous Learning Center set up in New Mexico, um, it'd be like, you know, on a, a really hot day, jumping in a pool, you know. Mm. So... It'll just come naturally, and it'll feel right, and it'll. Uh, and there's a wonderful large room in this uh, this large hacienda that uh, will become the Indigenous Learning Center that is just set up just right for that kind of a uh, structure. And um, I'm I'm really excited about it. I think, and, and the thing here's why I'm excited because what we've come to the conclusion is that our Indigenous people are gifted. We have something to teach. Not just me and Edith. I mean, we're like the least, right? We're, but our elders and other great teachers around who are doing stuff, and they have things to teach, you know? They have things to say. And, um, and that will transform people's lives and, the, their, and, and influence them in society and cause great changes and, and that kind of a thing. But when we are asked to come and do a you know two or three or four or five day seminar presentations etc in that Western grid and that Western model, we really feel like we are actually cheating the non-indigenous people out of what they need because 
you can't, that's why we say pedagogy is so important. You can't teach this indigenous stuff in a Western pedagogy and it, and it comes out the same. It's going to come out different. And so the indigenous learning center that we'd like to create will be that opportunity for non-indigenous and indigenous alike to come together and learn in an indigenous format, an indigenous style, and a style that, that will allow those those guests that we invite in to, to share, to share in a way that fits their comfort zone, which is what I really think people are looking for. Wow. I am, uh, I am excited for you. I know that like you come alive when you talk about this dream, like you get animated in a way that, um, as good as you are in the classroom, you're not this animated, about what happens, <laughs> what happens in the classroom. Like, this is your heart's passion. Right. And so I'm excited for you. There's a GoFundMe campaign. Uh, episode 40 just came out. So, uh, listeners, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to episode 40 of Edith and Randy. Well, the site is GoFundMe.com slash Resurrect Yeah. E-L-O-H-E-H. Okay, and so you're a week in, and you've raised, what, 10%? Not quite 10%, but almost 10%. That's not bad. Well, we're actually, yeah, we're about a week in, and, and we're just about there. So Okay, so uh, listeners, if you would please not only uh, support that, but also share it so that others can find it. It's a tax-deductible donation, and that people can uh, give to that and help uh, Edith and Randy get to New Mexico to set up this indigenous learning center and uh, resurrect the dream. And so we're excited uh, about that. And we have a lot more learning to do. You know, I thank my students today because I have learned from them over all these years so much. I mean, I've learned so much from you and from, I can just see all the faces that I've learned so much from and um, uh, that have been impactful in my own life. And so we have a lot more to learn. Not just teach. Um, and yeah. so we want to be able to, to set that up in a way that uh, is transforming for people. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to episode 41. We're going to entitle this education or learning, maybe. Teaching learning? Teaching learning. How's that? And uh, we're hoping in episode 42, we don't know how it's going to go, but we think in episode 42, we're going to talk about radical democracy and politics. How about co learning? Co learning. So thank you for tuning in. Please share this with anyone who you think would be interested or appreciate it. We love the conversation, and we will see you, uh, Patreon supporters, on Saturday, May 4th at 9 a.m. Pacific. Peace out, cool learners. <laughs>